welcome to the Weekly Deep Dive Podcast on the Add-On Education Network. The podcast where we take a look at the weekly Come Follow Me discussion and try to add a little insight and unique perspective. I am your host, Jason Lloyd, here in the studio with my friend and this show's producer, Nate Pfeiffer. What's up? Hey, Nate. How are you, buddy? Doing fantastic. Good. Good. Yeah. We got some... Dialing in some mic levels here. Yeah, getting it all tuned up, toned up, ready to go. Tuned up, toned up. Right volume. You came in a little hot there. You came in a little hot, and I was like, uh-oh, don't want to hurt anybody. Mm, yeah, let's not hurt anybody. All right, this is this is our last episode we of did it. Doctor and Covenants. We did it, dude. We, we, we're standing on the threshold. We're still here. We made it off. I don't... I. Who knows who who's still here with us? But we made it. You and I did it, dude. <laughs> we, we accomplished we a goal. We did it, and it's it, it was quite the accomplishment. I maybe just take a second to reflect over the year as we're we're headed into next year. I mean, uh, we've we've got roughly fifty two hours of content. Yeah, wait, we've got to have more than that, right? Yeah, I, I I haven't actually added it up. Because some of the some of those early episodes, man, we, those were barn burners. We've tried to trim it down, but. Yeah, we had some long ones. We've had a couple of little shorter ones, but mostly about an hour, a little, little give or take. Uh, usually a little over an hour, but okay, all right. Uh, we've uh, we've probably burned about six hundred hours into this thing, okay. sunk about a thousand dollars in it. Yeah, but we are here. We're here. Okay. So that is our Great. our our Christmas present to you, the listeners. The uh, is that we're done. The <laughs> there the there is our contribution. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, but to credit, as we're patting ourselves on the back, to credit our listeners, um, we, we've, we've got a handful of listeners out there, and, and honestly, to have been able to have found our show and and listened to it, to, to, to create the kind of the following that we have from all over the place, uh, all over the United States, a couple in England, a couple in Australia, a couple here or there, um, we, we, we haven't really marketed or advertised or done anything to get the word out there, so... My hats off to you, the listener who has found the show. Uh, to me, that's a testament of your willingness to try to find content, to try to find something that will better or help or improve or add something to your come follow me discussion. So I think you guys out there, more of a hats off to you for being able to to find something obscure, to find something out there. And showing that willingness to try to learn something new. And hopefully we've taught you something new throughout the course of the year. I love that you say we, even though we mean you. You, you don't need to be humble about that. Oh, no. Th- this is definitely a combined effort. Without I just uh, derail the thing, dude. Let's not, let's not get our roles mixed up here. Well, then let's get ready to derail another one. All right, let's we, do this. We need you on this. All right, I'm here. Okay, so this episode, it's kind of nice we get carte blanche here because it is a Christmas episode. And... And to be honest, I tried to talk Nate into doing a Christmas musical episode. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, Nate's got so much developed musical talent. I don't know if you guys know this about Nate. Lead singer of a couple uh, a couple bands, projects here. Great voice. And I have so much undeveloped raw talent. It had to have been a great combination. I was pushing for Tiny King. Nate was oh pushing gosh. back. <laughs> I promise you, you can all write to hi at weeklydeepdive.com to thank me for saving you from what Jason was proposing that we did. <laughs> you can all write to hi at weeklydeepdive.com. Hi at weeklydeepdive.com. And ask Nate for a musical special next the, year for in Christmas. The, uh, in, the, in the header, 
in the title or whatever they call we that. We Three Kings, Tiny King. No, no, no. In the in the subject, just boy. type, thank you, Nate, because I, d- I don't know exactly what, but I know that you saved us from something. <laughs> right, right, Nate. Man up and, and oh, no, let's get some no, music no, going. No. All right, let's do this. Okay. So, because it is a Christmas message, I'm actually not pulling out a Doctrine Covenants or any uh, modern revelation. We're going to go into Nephi. First Nephi, chapter 11, context setting here. Lehi had a vision of the tree of life. Nephi is curious about what this vision means. And and so he he's sitting, pondering, and as he does so, uh, as it explains in uh, chapter 11, verse 1 of First Nephi, as I sought pondering in mine heart, I was caught away in the spirit of the Lord, yea, into an exceedingly high mountain, which I never had before seen, upon which I had never before set my foot. And the Spirit said unto me, Behold, what desirest thou? And I said, I desire to behold the things which my father saw. And the Spirit said unto me, Believest thou that thy father sawest the tree of which he hath spoken? And I said, Yea, thou knowest I believe all the words of my father. So here he is pondering the dream of his, his dad, and kind of a prominent feature in that dream is a tree that Lehi partakes of and he desires that everyone partakes of. It, it's central and kind of critical to this dream. And so as, Lehi, as Nephi is thinking about this vision, He's thinking about this tree. He asks the the angel that's visiting him, the spirit, what is the meaning of this tree? And when we ask questions, sometimes we just expect like a quick answer, like, hey, let me tell you, this tree is this. But but rather than just telling him, the, the spirit here is an expert teacher and allowing to show Nephi some context and allow him to put the pieces of the puzzle together. And and so the, the Spirit shows him, verse 8, And it came to pass that the Spirit said unto me, Look. And I looked and beheld a tree, and it was like unto the tree which my father had seen. And the beauty thereof was far beyond, yea, exceeding of all beauty. And the whiteness thereof did exceed the whiteness of the driven snow. And it came to pass that I, after I had seen the tree, I said unto the angel, I behold that hast shown unto me the tree, which is precious above all. And he says, What desirest thou? And I said unto him, To know the interpretation thereof. Verse 12, And it came to pass that he said unto me, Look. And I looked as if to look upon him, and I saw him not, for he had gone from before my presence. And it came to pass that I looked, and I beheld the great city of Jerusalem and also other cities, and I beheld the city of Nazareth. And in the city of Nazareth I beheld a virgin, and she was exceedingly fair and white. And it came to pass that um, I saw the heavens open, and an angel came and stood before me. And he said unto me, Nephi, what beholdest thou? And I said unto him, A virgin, most beautiful and fair above all other virgins. And he said unto me, Knowest thou the condescension of God? And I said unto him, I know that that he loves his children. Nevertheless, I do not know the meaning of all things. And he said unto me, Behold, the virgin whom thou seest is the mother of the Son of God after the manner of the flesh. And it came to pass that I beheld that she was carried away in the Spirit. And after she had been carried away in the Spirit for the space of a time, the angel said unto me, saying, Look. And I looked, and I beheld the virgin again, bearing a child in her arms. And the angel said unto me, Behold the Lamb of God. 
Yea, even the Son of the Eternal Father, knowest thou the meaning of the tree which thy father saw? Now, having seen the tree, and then seen the birth of Christ, he was able to put two and two together, and he answers in verse 22, Yea, it is the love of God which sheddeth itself abroad in the hearts of the children of men, wherefore is the most desirable above all things. Hmm. And, and I couple this scripture with John, for God so loved the world that he sent his son, his only begotten son. The love of God was that Christ came here. So the meaning of the tree was it was it was the savior Jesus Christ born here on earth to redeem mankind. And what was the fruit of his labor? So if you look at a tree, a tree labors to produce offspring or fruit to be able to to bring out the next generation of trees. The 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 work or purpose of this tree is to bring forth the fruit. And the labor of Christ was the atonement. So as you see Lehi picking fruit off the tree and eating it, he was partaking of the atonement, the love of God to save him despite his sins, despite his imperfections, despite his weaknesses, despite him being a visionary man and taking his family out in the wilderness and not knowing what he's doing. God loved him to save him. And he, he tasted that fruit and enjoyed it so much, he was desirous that everyone else should partake. And he was looking around, casting his eyes about, trying to see who else he could bless with this, with this atonement, this fruit that he's been eating. And, and I think that, for me, encapsulates what Christmas is about. And we look at Christmas, we have, we have a tree usually setting up that we, we, we put somewhere in our house, and we put ornaments on it, almost as if it was fruit hanging from the tree. And the idea that that tree is symbolic of Jesus Christ coming to save the world and his atonement, the light that it offers to the world, the, the gift of life that it offers to the world. And the idea that once you have partaken and you feel that love, that love overwhelms you to the point that you want to share it with someone else. And think about Scrooge in... in Christmas Carol? Christmas Carol. When his heart melts and he feels that love, what does he want to do? It... it I mean, it changes everything, right? He wants to go and he take care of people. He wants to go and and serve people. He wants to go and share share his vibe, share his vibe. And, and he's super generous. Go and get the biggest goose that you can see. Go and do this 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 idea of the love making him want to share that same love with everyone else and the generosity. And I know that presents. When we talk about our favorite part of Christmas. Oftentimes, we're too embarrassed to say presents because that seems pretty selfish. Like, I don't know. No, no, nobody wants to say, well, it's a time of, of Christ. It's a time of this, a time of that. And maybe commercialism makes us shy away from giving cre- uh, presents its, its due place. But presents are 
actually a very symbolic, important part of this of this season. And and consider this: to mark the birth of our Savior, Magi came and gave him presents. And this idea that as we fill of the love and partake of the atonement that we want to share with someone else, that we want to be generous, that we want to give kind of a sign of having tasted the love of God, we find ways to try to show others that love, to get them something that, that's special or something that's a token or symbol of the love, and, and whatever it may be, whether it's expensive or cheap or something that we're putting together out of the labor of our own heart or whatever we're giving of ourselves, time, money, talents, whatever, as a symbol of love that we have received this atonement, this gift, and we want to share it with someone else. And I think it's it's also super symbolic that on as we celebrate birthdays today, and you go to a birthday party, who's the one that receives a gift? The person whose birthday it is. The birthday, the, the person whose birthday it is. And so on Christ's birthday, we're all busying ourselves about trying to buy gifts. And and think in the New Testament when Jesus says, inasmuch as you've done it to the least of these, you have done it unto me. And so when we can go and buy a present for someone else because we love them or because we felt the love of Christ, the love of God, and we get them something and we and we think we're blessing them, it it in a, in a sense we are purchasing or getting or spending time putting together a gift for the Savior. And as much as we have done it to them, we've done it unto him. We are all giving him a gift. But when it comes to Christmas and the day that we celebrate, what makes his birthday unique from everyone else's is instead of him opening all of his presents, we are the ones that receive the present. We are the ones that are giving, or that, that are receiving the gifts. And that's what his life was, was coming here not to, not to be served, but to serve others. And the gift of eternal life and the gift of the atonement, these gifts that are far greater than anything we can stuff under the tree, but still very symbolic that on his birthday, we're commemorating the fact that he gave us a gift as we sit and open up a package and think this is something symbolic of the Lord giving me a gift of eternal life, giving me a gift of love. So as we're coming around this Christmas season, I look at the tree that we have with the star standing above it, marking the Savior coming into the world. And, and the idea that a tree is symbolic of Christ, not only do we see it here in the story of Nephi and Lehi, but going back to the Garden of Eden, we have a tree of life. Mm-hmm. Going back to Gethsemane, Christ being hung on a tree, the fruits of his death being this gift of life. This, this image that through him, this, this tree, that they, we choose this evergreen because it signifies life when everything else is dying. And we decorate it with ornaments almost like fruit. And, and, we, and we have these gifts that are coming to us, this idea that he died to give us the greatest gift of all. Isn't there some tradition where you do hang fruit from a tree for Christmas stuff? Or maybe it's Germany, they do pickles or something. But I know that I know that I might totally be wrong, but I think even to hit your 
point home even more like yes the ornaments represent again like the fruit on the tree of of life but for some reason i thought that there was actually like i'm sure like there oranges is. and stuff like that right like don't we get fruit for christmas isn't that like a thing like christmas orange i, in the I know stocking? we do yeah like or some i don't know maybe maybe i'm maybe i'm conflating the wrong things fruit but, bread yeah there you go i don't know fruit cake <laughs> fruit cake that's the word i was looking never for. mind no, just, I think just you're ignore right. me. I, I might be I might be totally thinking of something else. No, I think you I think you're right. And and it's fascinating to me that a lot of these traditions coming from from earlier history from pagan traditions yet still still find a way to be very symbolic and and tie into the true meaning of Christmas and what and what we've been taught and what we believe and what we understand. So this Christmas season, I guess the I mean we all know it the the, the heart, the reason the the the, the whole meaning of this time is to, one, taste the love of Christ, which, which comes from repenting, which comes from being humble, which comes from realizing that we fall short and that we need help and, and committing to do better. And as we receive the forgiveness, as we refe- receive that love, that feeling that we're accepted, that it's okay, that he's going to make it work, let that work on us to then try to help others and give them a gift of that same love, show them appreciation, be kinder. And, and there's something special about this season where you are trying to be a little kinder. You are trying to, to do a little bit more to help I love people. that. Well? Can I have you uh, um, maybe just preview a little bit of what we're going to be talking about next year? Unless you were, I'm, I'm sorry, I thought you were, I thought you were trying to wrap it up. I was I was just debating in my mind if we wanted to hit a little bit of a New Year's topic at the same time. Yeah, let's and just do it. Wrap that in. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I just do. I just want to make sure that that by the, but before you end, you kind of just preview a little bit of of next year's situation. Fantastic. The cool thing about New Year's, so we got Christmas followed up a week later. We're going to get to the New Year. It's a celebration, the, the holiday, maybe the oldest in the world. This has been celebrated. The Chinese have their New Year for a long time. The Babylonians, the Egyptians, the, the Israelites. The, the, this idea that marking a New Year and, and making a big festival out of it is actually very ancient and something that's prevailed in society for thousands of years. There's something special about it. And to me, what the new year means and what's most uh, maybe special to me is this idea that time itself is cyclical in nature. And and I think of time as very linear. We're born and we go along this line, march as we get older and older until we die. And that's the end, like a rope, a single line that leads through the whole thing. But God says that his course is one eternal round. And this idea that as, as, as this year ends, a new year begins, and it's another cycle, another year that's going to repeat. And we don't have to wait for a whole new year to do a whole new resolution and try to improve and, and, and make this cycle better than the last cycle, but God breaks it down even further as you have the idea that a month is going to repeat. Here's a 30-day period, and now we have a new month, and now we have a new month. But we break that down even further to the seven-day cycle. Here's the first seven days, and now we have a new seven days, a new week, a new day, a new hour, a new minute. And and thanks to the atonement, thanks to Christmas that precedes the new year, is the idea that we can have a fresh start, that, that we don't have to carry all that baggage from when we were born up to where we're here on this point, this line, this continuation, but rather this, this year ended, 
and we have a new chance, a new start, a new year, a new opportunity to do something better this year to improve ourselves and the idea to use the atonement to, to maybe leave the past behind, learn from it, and help it direct us in making this new future a better cycle and improve each cycle as we go. I love that. I, uh, I, my, I have a, one of my mentors from my youth wrote a book that never got published or anything, but he let me read it called Lines and Circles. And kind of it's, it's the idea of a kind of like a wayward youth making his way and trying to kind of figure it out. But it's interesting because what you just said is, is such kind of an interesting thing. Like the simplicity of lines and circles, right? Is that it's so easy for us to look at, at our life as like you said, a start and a finish, right? And somewhere along the way you may leave, you know, little markers along that line and how, you know, the idea of a line is very temporal and a circle is eternal, right mm-hmm. and that and that even the like you said just the idea that that when we begin to understand that w- what we do in this life actually is is a bigger part of a bigger circle and not just a linear thing it's actually a pretty encouraging hopeful message right yeah that it's like that we have forever to continue to grow and and get better what a yeah what a great what a great thought and and I know that new year's traditions are you know are kind of a or new year's resolutions can sometimes <laughs> be almost kind of like a funny I don't know I don't know it's like sometimes it's like I don't we we it we don't take it too seriously or we do way too much you know we try we try to bite off way more than we can chew but there is something beautiful about just being like hey here's here's a couple things I want to do just to be better you know, as a person, I want to, I want to spend less time on my phone and more time with my kids or, you know what I mean? Whatever that is. And, and to actually look at it instead of, I don't know, instead of these big overwhelming things that usually tail off by the third month. And and sometimes when you're taking that overarching goal, being able to break it down and say how I'm going to do yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. What, what? You know, in the case of if I'm going to be spending less time on my phone and more time present with my family, what 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 is it that I'm spending time on my phone doing? Is there is there an app there that maybe I don't necessarily yep. need, or it's maybe great. maybe looking at uninstalling something or putting something else in, or or looking at where we spend that time and just making some specific. Okay, this is how I'm going to achieve this, or looking for inspiration and helping us break that down and finding something that isn't just so pie in the sky that we wish we could do, but there's actual path to be able to get there. It's a beautiful thought. I, I love that. And I love the, I love the idea too. final thought on this, the lines and circles is something that kind of was a profound idea too. That is that it's what we do in this life can also live forever too. Right. If mm-hmm. the, if the things that we are trying to do are to change the world for better, to, to show love to people that will be able to remember that love it's like you can actually live forever, even if it's just because of your influence or your memory or, you know, or the, the good that you inspired other people to do that, you know, we believe in eternal life. But also, I feel like love, you know, if you spend your time serving and loving, you can you can find ways to live forever, even in this world. 
That's long a beautiful after thought. You, long yeah. after you've gone. The, the, the influence, the impact that you have in the lives of others. Yes, sir. And it's, it's pretty cool that it, it shook out that way that Christmas is celebrated right before New Year's, the idea that because we had a Christmas, because Christ was born, we can have. We get the chance. That's right. We can have a new year. Some beautiful thoughts, Jason. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought those up. Yeah. So, um, looking at next year, we're we're diving into the Old Testament. Our, our first episode, and, and we probably don't want to get this granular, but just just an idea. The first episode is going to take us to the Pearl of Great Price and try to take a peek at pre-existent, um, and 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 maybe pre-existence is a bad word because we've existed but our pre-mortal life and, and what that looked like in creation. Then, then we step into the Old Testament, to the Bible, and we're going to finish the, the, the rest of the year talking about really the Old Testament and, and the Bible itself being broken down into several different books. You have the Torah, which is the law. Uh, you have the prophets, the Navaim, uh, the writings of the different prophets, and uh, the the law the the writings and the prophets uh, the the writings being now now <laughs> the, what I don't know I'm, I I I said that all funky okay the 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 Torah being the law the Kadavim being the writings and and then the Navi being the prophets it, it, so you have these three different sections but we don't we don't necessarily study it in that order we just kind of go Genesis down all the way to Malachi and. There, there's some, there's some cool different things that we'll be talking about as we we go into it. We'll look at, we'll look at the Bible as it was written in Hebrew, and see if that adds us a little bit of insight and in trying to understand the English. Sometimes when it's written in in Hebrew, things don't translate over as well. There, there's some fun play on words, uh, some some weird things that are happening there that that we would miss otherwise. We'll try to catch some of those nuances, some of those details. Uh, when we talk about the creation, uh, to me that that's probably one of the biggest challenges that's going to be uh, this this next year. In my mind, creation could almost be a podcast in and of itself that just feels a whole year's worth of content. But to try to break the creation down and look at it from from Genesis and understand what's going on and what kind of impact that has in our lives today and what it should mean, how it how it relates to science, how it relates to to other sacred writings at the time. It's it's going to be a fun lesson. And of course, your favorite following soon on the heels of creation. Speaking of creation. Oh, baby, just say it. Just, let, just say it. I know let, what you're going to say. Tell me. Let the begatting oh, begin. Oh, let the begats begin. <laughs> you and, have no idea. You have no idea what I have in store for you, Jason. Oh, dear. And by the way... Just know when we get to the begats, just leave it to me. And <laughs> you don't even need to prepare anything. I got you on these ones. And and maybe to provide just some context to the Old Testament, I like to look at it as the family history of Jesus Christ. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the whole purpose of telling it and going through the lineages and the kings and what they do is really just giving us the historical background to to Christ and his dealings with his people. And this is his, this is his family. This is his family study. I cannot wait. Um, all right. Well, um, I guess that's, that's coming up next week, right? 
yeah, next week we're going to do our, our pre-mortal. We'll talk a little bit about Kolob. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the, the spirits that were organized and, and what things were before creation happened. Can't wait. Until next week. See ya. See ya.